You're listening to audio from the Town Center campus of CA Church, located in downtown Coquitlam. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. Okay, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. You may be seated. Well, well, good morning, everyone. If we haven't met, my name is Sonia. For Spanish speakers, it's Sonia, but uh, the variation of the accent changes, but um, very good to, to see some of you. Some of you I'll be meeting for the very first time, and I'm one of the pastors here at CA, but I'm normally at our Mariner campus, so I always find it a treat uh, to be able to come and see the greater CA church community, because he is at work all throughout the Tri-Cities, and uh, that's a gift. Well, um, this morning, um, we're going to be journeying in this uh, series that we've been doing on a new humanity. So whether you've been journeying through the series the whole time, or this is your first time, I want us to get just a little recap, so we're ready to dive in this morning. And so I want you to invite you to picture this with me. We're entering into the time and space where Jesus is on a hill, a mount, teaching his disciples, his followers, and crowds have gathered around to hear him. This is one of the reasons why you'll hear this portion of scripture referred to as a Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus is sitting on this mount, he's teaching on a new way of living. He casts the vision for a new way to be human, a way that realigned the current way to live into the way that humanity was always designed to live. A way of living life in his kingdom. The way of love, of grace, of forgiveness, of generosity, and much, much more. A new humanity. And today we're going to lean in to hear Jesus speak on another area that he invites us to live in a new way. Maybe it's a new thing for us that we're discovering, or maybe we will rediscover it. But just like he spoke to the people on the mount that day, he speaks to us today. Are we ready? All right, let's go. Why don't, we jo- why don't you join me as we pray and posture our hearts and minds to receive more of God's truth this morning. So God, would you open up our, our eyes to see the wonderful truths in your word? Would you open up our ears to be able to hear it? And would you open up our hearts to be courageous to receive it? Thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Holy Spirit, we receive you in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start off by introducing you to a family. And a family that had just arrived to Canada in the thick of winter. And it wasn't BC winter. Because, because BC winter's a bit tame in the greater Canadian landscape, okay? And I'm coming from the prairies, so I can say that. <laughs> no, this winter that this family was arriving to was the cold, dry, eastern Canadian climate. The kind of winter that has snow piles and always risk of frostbite at recess for the kiddos. 
The kind that you have to plug your vehicle in, not because it's electric, but because otherwise it won't start in the morning. Now this family was actually coming from a much warmer climate. This family actually had never envisioned having to live in Canada. They actually never wanted to move. Now, they, this would have been the second country that they were forced to find refuge in, leaving everything behind with a small suitcase filled with a few pairs of clothes. They arrived in Canada and they breathed in that cold winter air. I imagine them thinking, where do we start? So many needs. You know, the story exposes the start of many practical needs for a family navigating Canada for the very first time. And the story is actually my family story in coming to Canada. And it's a story that is very similar to the stories of some of us sitting here in this room or our neighbors living in our communities. But what about a story about somebody who has recently lost their job or their home? Or the story of someone who's battling a health condition or has just lost a loved one? Or what about the reality for those whose fridges are empty? Lots of needs. And there are way more scenarios than just listed here where we can see need. And these stories could be mine, these stories could be yours, these stories could be that of our neighbors. But the reality is, is that we can't separate ourselves too far from where there are real needs. Needs are all around us, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. We too can ask the question, where do we start? And what we're going to see today is that God deeply cares for those in need. And he isn't overwhelmed. He actually invites us to join him. And he shows us where to start and how we can give to those in need. So what is Jesus teaching us in the scripture here that Val just read for us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 4? We see that Jesus was aware that needs are all around us. In fact, many that came to hear him that day on the mount were facing real needs. And many of us here in this room today are also facing real needs. And Jesus calls his followers to give to those in need. He uses language like when you give to the needy, not a question of should you give to the needy. You see, giving to those in need was a practice that these crowds were very aware of. The Jewish practice of giving to those in need was a fundamental element. This was taught to God's people from the very early days of Israel as a nation when they received the law on how to live. We see this in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 35. It says this, If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and stranger, so they can continue to live among you. And God is a God who gives to those in need. And that hasn't changed for us today. The call is no different, and we get to partner with him in that. And we're called to give, as we're called to give. We see Jesus start with a warning, though, in, in verse 1. He says, be careful, or other translations say, beware, or watch out. 
And I wonder if he starts with the warning, because otherwise we could easily miss it. I remember years ago as a kid in choir, finding out that I had been breathing wrong my whole little short life up until that moment. Like, how does that happen? Breathing is basic living 101. But the instructor had to teach me how to breathe to ensure that I was accessing the full amount of oxygen my body needs, and it required practice. If I wouldn't have learned this, you would have never known in me singing that Mary actually had a little lamb, because I would have been out of breath by the time I was done singing the word little. Now, I'm not about to give you a lesson on how to breathe, but it's a real thing, so feel free to look it up if you'd like to. But just like breathing is a natural practice to us, and we don't often think about it, or how many of you are just thinking right now about how you're breathing? You're still here with me. You're good to go, okay? But um, the point isn't that. The point is that breathing can become so familiar that we may not know if we're doing it right to access all the oxygen we can. And similarly to breathing, Jesus takes the practice of giving to those in need, and he acknowledges that like many practices we do in following Jesus, we could have the potential to become so familiar or routine with it that we may not always be aware of how we're giving and how we give matters. Because the motive of how we give impacts our giving. Let's look at verse one again. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus immediately identifies the motive that could prevent us from learning how Jesus calls us to give to those in need. And that motivation is giving to those in need so that others will see us. Jesus exposes this motivation, and it's rooted in the need for all of us to be seen, to be approved of. We can see this play out quite early in the development of us as humans. For those of you who have children or have been around children for any segment of time, how many times have you heard that phrase, look at me, watch me, did you see me? Look again, look, look. Look, you've likely heard that many, many times. And you likely also will have looked away many, many times, only to be asked to look again. You see, we all have a need to be seen, to be approved of, and we don't grow out of it. I found this picture recently of younger me, and I think it captures that longing to be seen so clearly. If we could get that picture up, that would be so great. But you're going to meet my dad and my two brothers. My beautiful mom would be the one behind the camera. But do you see that look of mine looking at my dad to be seen by him, <laughs> looking for his approval? So natural. But just like every human being, and clearly my dad in this picture, we actually don't have the capability to always see or to be able to approve of those around us. You see, we weren't created to be able to do so. And yet, we still need approval today. And this approval can look different for all of us. It could be approval of our purpose, approval of our significance, approval of our belonging, approval of our acceptance, 
Whatever approval we may need, it isn't wrong to need it. Jesus knows this, and this is why he addresses it. If our motivation to give to those in need is to find approval in those around us, then we need to pay attention. As this is not how he's calling us to give or to live. Jesus is calling us to realign so we can step into right living with him in how we give. I remember years back when I was working at a college, um, I was one of the youngest staff members at the time, and a few of the staff were chatting by the water cooler, and a student came up at that time and was asking for help for a need. And I remember it felt like a really inconvenient time to help someone. Have you ever had that moment where someone asks you for help and you're like, ah, oh, if only it was at this block of time? You know, the timing just isn't ideal. And, and those were some of, if I'm honest, those are some of the very thoughts that came into my mind. And apart from feeling the inconvenience was immediately I thought, if I don't help, what is everyone around me going to think? Or if I help, maybe this will make me look good around the people I'm around. You have to remember, I was the youngest one. I was trying to gain acceptance. Oh, the heart and its motivations. But have you ever experienced something like that? Or have had thoughts of being so aware of who's looking when you're helping someone. If you have, then Jesus gets it. And so do I. You see, these are the kinds of subtleties in our motivations that Jesus is trying to get us to be aware of so that we can learn how to give like he, he calls us to. You see, in that scenario, we see that the motivation for approval is what was driving me to give. And because of that, I was more preoccupied with how the people around me could see me than I was able to be present with the very person who needed help. And we see this motivation play out in all sorts of ways. When we give to be seen by others, it could look like, have you ever been at the till or at a grocery store and they're raising funds for a donation? And after you check out, they'll ask, hey, would you love to give $2 or something to a certain foundation? Have you ever watched people's reaction? Some will look around to see who's looking. Some will quietly say, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. And some might just give out of pressure of like, sure, sure, let's just give and let's keep going. Or you know what, it could also look like overextending ourselves and saying yes to every need because we feel like we'll be letting others down. You see, these are the subtleties and the motivations of our heart that Jesus is trying to get us to look at. When we give to those in need for the approval of others, we're actually walking out of step with how Jesus calls us to give. Jesus calls us to give to those in need by finding our approval in him and not others. The truth is that we need to know we're loved and have purpose. We need to know that we're significant and belong. We need to know that we're accepted. And we actually were made to be seen and approved of by our very maker, God. Just like we saw in the picture of me looking up to my earthly father, Jesus calls us to look up to our heavenly father, to find our approval there. The very one who made you, the very one who made me, is the only one who always sees us and where we can find our full approval in. The psalmist David points to this very um, beautifully in Psalm 139. 
when he catches the reality that God sees us and knows us. And verses one to six says this, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. The God who loves us is the God who sees us. The one who truly knows us is the one who will always see us and the only one we will ever be able to find full approval in. Again, Jesus calls us to give to those in need out of a place of finding our approval in God and not others so that we can be present and intentional with the need before us. You see, we're not called to give just for the sake of giving. Jesus calls us into something deeper. And so how do we position ourselves to find our approval in God and not others? I believe it starts by looking up and not around us. By acknowledging that we need God's approval, it is prioritizing our relationship with God. By developing practices and rhythms in our day-to-day life that keep us close to him because we actually do need him every single day. And if this isn't what you're walking in today, don't hear shame, but hear an invitation that God wants to meet with you every single day. That just like we saw all these kiddos here being prayed for before, and each of their voices is so unique, so is yours to the Father. He longs to hear from you. He longs to be with you. You see, God approves of his children. He loves us. He sees us. Receive that today. This is who you are today. A God that sees you, that loves you, that gives you your purpose, your significance, your approval. And because of that, we're able to surrender the longing for the approval from others and step into how he calls us to live and how he calls us to give. I won't forget one of my earliest memories at Christmas time. My family was invited to a neighbor's house to spend one of our very first Christmases in Canada with them. I remember the laughter, and I remember the sugar cookies. Those were some very good sugar cookies. I remember the doll I was gifted. But most of all, I remember as a child feeling safe and at home. I don't remember our family being rushed off, I do remember the adults talked for a very long time. I remember the neighbors being fully present with us. I didn't know as a kid that at that time my family needed new friends. I didn't know as a kid that my family needed spaces to feel safe. And I also didn't know that Christmas would have looked a lot different that year if it was just us. At that time, there likely wouldn't have been a big meal or maybe that doll or maybe even those sugar cookies. You see, I think my neighbors got it. They weren't giving just for the sake of giving because it made them look good 
or it would give them some kind of status, or look what we did to help. They were giving because they got to. Because they knew that God approved of them, and because God approved of them, they could gift those around them with his deep care and intentionality. And because they were present with us, as you can tell, this is a story that our family will never forget. You see, Jesus invites us to a fuller picture of giving. When our motivation is not to be seen by others, then we're able to be intentional with what he has placed in front of us. Anyone can give. We see it all over. Large corporations, organizations give to so many charities, and that's good. But imagine if the giving was intentional. Imagine if there was presence with that intentionality that people could know God's deep care. And you know, there is a cost if we don't. Let's look again at verses two to four. It says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We see this picture of people, and Jesus calls them hypocrites, which is a neutral term in Greek, and it literally means stage actors. And they're going around blowing trumpets to cause attention so people can know that they just help someone in need. Now, I will let you know there's no real evidence that people actually blew trumpets when someone gave to those in need. Imagine here if every Sunday we take up our offering, someone was right behind you blowing a trumpet. I think our giving might go down. <laughs> but you know what? Some scholars actually believe that the charity boxes were often shaped like trumpets where people would place their donations. So that could be the connection there. And we also know that it's impossible for our left hand to never be in close proximity to our right hand. Again, unless you've had um, a casualty and are missing one, unfortunately, because the farthest they can be away from each other is a full arm's length apart, right? So what's Jesus doing here? He's using these provocative metaphors to get our attention in order to help us understand. And Jesus also uses the word secret in how we give, and he invites us into reward. So what does this all mean? Jesus is highlighting here again the need for us to know the motivation of why we give, because it affects how we give. When we give so we can be seen, we become like stage actors, like performers, just acting out our practice of giving instead of living out our practice of giving. It can become routine or it can become just about us. And there's no depth or lasting reward in that. And Jesus also speaks into the reality that giving will at times occur in public settings. Again, here every Sunday, we're reminded of our opportunity to give as it's a part of how we worship God together. Giving will happen when others are around. And when we give collectively, there is a way for us not to find our approval there. One of the areas that drew me to CA Church was the core practice of giving to those in need, both locally and globally. From food distribution to clothing to emergency needs, not only here in the Tri-Cities, but across the globe. Actually, last week, I was able to watch two kids walk out with a stuffed animal each from the dressing room, and they'd never owned one. 
And you can only imagine their faces light up when they got to have their first teddy bear. And this is good. This is what God is calling us to do. But when these moments happen, and he calls us to give publicly, it's not for CA to be known. It's not for our church to get credit. It's not for you or for me to be known. Robert Gooley puts it this way. It's a lovely quote. It says, the issue is not public worship, but worship for publicity. We are called to give publicly. But again, it's not to see who's giving. It's not for us to like judge or take inventory. It's not for us as a church to be known so people can say, wow, look at CA. Rather, it's an invitation to respond to the work that God is doing in our hearts. An invitation to give God the glory for how he has moved in our hearts. So that we can give, so that he can be known. And Jesus uses the word secret to guide us in our giving. But Jesus did not mean by saying secret that no one should ever know. Secret means we shouldn't be known. Because if we are known and not him, that actually doesn't help us or the one who is receiving. That hurts our heart motivation and giving. And it stops the opportunity for God to be known. As I was studying this passage these last couple of weeks, I appreciated how a 19th century New Testament scholar by the name of A.B. Bruce describes this posture. He says this, we are to show when tempted to hide and we are to hide when tempted to show. Meaning we are to show God when we're tempted to hide God and we are to hide ourselves when we're tempted to show ourselves. When we give, others should be able to see God, not us. The act of giving should allow them the opportunity to be pointed to see the source of why we give. It's never about you or me or all of us together. It's because he gives that we can give and he deserves all the glory. Jesus highlighted this very early on in this sermon. In Matthew 5, 16, he says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, as we give, we bring light so that others can see God. You see, the kind of giving that Jesus invites us to is much more than just giving for the sake of giving. It's much more than just routine. It's much more than for the sake of being seen by others. It's not giving to get publicity. This kind of giving that Jesus calls us to is transformational for both the one who receives and the one who gives. Jesus mentions a reward as we step into this. And although we don't do it, we don't give to get a reward, God is a God who rewards and he chooses to. He immediately rewards us with the opportunity to get to know him more and discover more of who he has called us to be as we partner with him in giving. God cares for all of us and he freely gives. We've seen Jesus teach us this morning that 
the motivation of seeking our approval in others will keep us from right living and how we give. Remember, the issue is not what we give, it's how we give. Jesus continually is getting us to dive deep into our hearts and reflect on our motivation for right living. Because if we're aware of our motivations, we can choose to surrender them and align ourselves in the way God designed us to live. And just like I had to learn how to breathe again, we can all learn how to give. You see, the new humanity that Jesus calls us to is sacrificial. But the sacrifice is for a fuller life, not a lesser life. Our life grows into who we are truly called to be. And we don't just have to give, but we make room for others to get to know God. As we give, we make room for that family who just arrived to Canada to get to know God. As we give, we make room for the ones who have lost their jobs, homes, loved ones to get to know God. As we give, we make room for the ones facing hard health challenges or empty fridges to get to know God. As we give, we make room for all those in need to get to know God. And also as we give, we also make room for us to know more of God. And there is so much more of him for all of us to discover. He's endless. He's eternal. He's everlasting. This is the God we serve. As we give in this way, God will be made known. And his deep care. Can you picture that? Imagine if the Tri-Cities would know God's deep care and intentionality on how he provides for their needs. What would our communities look like? What if we could imagine that the Tri-Cities could come to know God? You see, this is what happens when we step into living in right relationship in how we give to those in need. And so the next time we step into giving, may we be reminded that it's not just for the sake of giving, but it's transformative for our lives and for those who receive. Jesus calls us to give to those in need out of a place of finding our approval in him so that others can know him in the way we give. And so where do we start? I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't pass the offering plate right after he spoke this to the crowd. But he actually invites us into a posture of surrender. And I believe it starts with surrender. How do we give? I'm going to invite us in this moment to take a few moments to reflect on what Jesus has been speaking to us today and help us to align with what he's calling us into. And if it helps you, then to close your eyes, and I welcome you to do so. This is about you and God and nobody else in this room. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you are someone who is in need. Then today I just want you to be simply aware that God cares for those in need. And that includes you. You can surrender your needs to him today and know that he cares. 
Maybe you're sitting here today and, and giving to those in need is something that you haven't practiced yet or it's been a while. I invite you to surrender that to God today and allow him to fill you with his generosity and wisdom and what it looks like for you to start living more into who you were always made to be. Or maybe you're sitting here today and you struggle with getting approval from others. I invite you to surrender that and ask God to fill you with his approval. You are loved and seen by God. The very one who made you is the very one who approves of you as his child. Or maybe you're sitting here today and giving is a practice you've been doing for a very long time. I invite you to surrender that practice again to God and allow him to renew it with new strength for you and for others to know him. However he's speaking to you this morning, I'm going to invite you to just take a few moments to respond and surrender to him with your own words and in your own hearts. Why don't you take a few moments to do that right now? of where we're at today on the journey be reminded that we were never created to do this alone God has gifted us with his spirit to be able to have what we need to live righteously he sees you he knows you and he will guide you may God be the very source of how we give to those in need I'm gonna invite us to stand and I'd love to pray over us this morning that God would continue his work in our hearts and in our lives as we continue to learn what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So why don't we join me as we pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us anew? God, would you remind us of how you see us and how you receive us full of love of compassion, full of grace and generosity. May the way that we live in right relationship with you point to you, God. As you freely give to us, may you fill our hearts to overflow with your generosity so we can continue to give to those around us and that you would be made known. You alone are worthy of all of our praise, of all that we give. And we surrender to you. God, we choose to look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing these words together. Thanks for listening to this message. 
If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca to find out more about getting involved in the life and mission of CA Church.